There's a great and a bloody fight round this whole world tonight. In the battle, the bombs and shrapnel rain. Hitler told the world around he would tear our union down. But our union's gonna break them slavery chains. And our union's gonna break them slavery chains. Hello and welcome back to our podcast, but a fanfic of a fanfic that itself is a synthesis of Fallout, propaganda of a post-apocalyptic wasteland, and My Little Pony, a popular show about pastel horses. Hi, I'm Fi. I'm joined once again with my co-host Weird. Say hello, Weird. Attack into throne God and then tear down the throne. Titles are for weekly or for 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 <laughs> a fat aristocrats. Uh, God, I hope this is not your first uh, episode, so that joke makes any sense. <laughs> uh, hi, welcome, welcome to today's episode of the podcast. Uh, hey, Fi, what happened last week? God, um, what did happen last week? This is a recurring trend. Like at least, at least fewer things unhappened. Yeah, things were, less things were retconned the last second. Um. Oh, uh, glory. Uh, exploded. Uh, glory. Yeah, was hit by a nuclear bomb, but it's okay. She had a parachute. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll see her again. Um, and that's about all, like, yeah, um, okay. They met a 200-year-old, uh, zombie, uh, zebra lowly. Oh! Oh! Oh, that did happen! Oh! <laughs> um. Oh! What else happened? No! They halo-dropped into a, into a space center. Uh, they fought, like, a, just a wave of nameless mooks. Uh, and that was, like, about it. Also, Cog flew away. Oh yeah, Cog and Zim uh, uh, got on her moon rocket and didn't didn't want to play. T- took her ball and 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 uh, shot uh, shot and flew to the moon. <laughs> oh, man, oh. I listened to the first like fifteen twenty minutes or so of the last episode, and it seemed like a pretty nice episode. I did not, however, get to the point with the fucking um, lowly uh, like two hundred year old lowly zebra. Um, and reflecting upon it now, like it never would have occurred. Like I, we could have spent 90 minutes here and it never would have like occurred to me organically. Well, now I'm stuffing that memory back into the box and (laughs) I'll be surprised all over again. If that character should ever uh, appear, um, uh, just, just, just reopening the wound over and over. I'm sure that's the healthy way to deal with traumatic experiences. (laughs) Probably. All right, so then, um, yeah, Glory is dead forever this time again. We promise. We swear again. We've had so many instances of the main character, like, grieving over her death at this point. Like, I'm surprised Blackjack isn't like, nah, she's okay. What do you, what do you mean? She, she dies all the time. But this time, like, the, the thing that stood out in my memory is that she grieved in the most selfish way conceivable, which was, like bitterly bemoaning that like uh, a glory got to die and and, and moreover inglorious battle why can't I die caused me to remark upon like how incredibly like fascistic that like how how incredibly like hyper reactionary a response yeah, that the, is the cult of death and uh, everything. like when you have so little empathy that suicide isn't selfish enough <laughs> If you're not taking out a whole bunch of people, what even is the point? Jesus. Oh, boy. Um, I was going to make a sex joke because we're on, on on episode 69, and then I read this chapter and decided better of it. I thought we were on... Oh, okay. We're on episode okay, we're, 69, we're, chapter 70. Chapter 69. Okay. 
both instances right. of of times in which the funny sex joke would be possible, the chapters in question are so nightmarishly sexually traumatic that they're not like it would actually be like genuinely uncomfortable for me to make. Why joke. can't we go to the fireworks factory? <laughs> We're being promised a trip to fight on the moon, and here you are doing more rape and shit. Like, why? This is like, like. <laughs> How does anybody think that this story is good? Uh, Christ. So, uh, uh, I titled this one. This one almost made me want to quit the podcast entirely. Uh, so we open up with G-Force happening, and, like, this is another one of those moments where, like, it's not really that big of a deal, it's it's definitely a CinemaSins-style nitpick, but it's still, like, one of those things where, like, people go through a lot of training to be able to handle G-Forces without being knocked unconscious, because, like, the human body is, like, able to take about one G at any given time. So, uh, th- this whole scene is kind of just goofy to me. It really, it really snaps into sharp focus, like, you could have easily done away with this by just being like, well, it's a magic rocket that doesn't have G-forces for some reason. Because it's not even a particularly tense, it's just like, this shouldn't be happening, was what immediately came into my brain. Uh, but anyways, uh, uh, that stops happening as they get into, as they get into, um, I forget the, what the term is, but when you're out of, when you're not out of orbit, but you're out of, like, air in space then they spend they spend a bunch of time grieving about glory's death in the most selfish way possible where everybody takes turns blaming themselves for her death where initially blackjack's like oh i let her die because i didn't go back and save her and then scotch is like no i let her die because i held down the door to the the rocket button because i knew that you would die trying to save her and then 21's like no i let her die because i wouldn't go with her uh to the uh control center and that's why and she would have been able to get out from the nuke, I guess. And then Rampage is all, I let her die because it was all part of Kaikaku. Why are you on this rocket? <laughs> because you didn't notice me get on. She's just holding onto the side. Uh, uh, <laughs> I wish. Here's where we get to, like, I'm getting through this real fast, but uh, it's because this whole chapter sucks. But here's where we get to what our conceit of this chapter is. The main character needing to check out for various reasons during this rocket grieve section. Uh, also, like, this this grieving cycle happens really, really fast, and then everyone just decides, nah, Glory's actually probably really alive. Which is supposed to come across as, like, denial, but, like, to the audience it just comes across as them coming to terms with their indestructible. Like, this has happened before. We've, we've done this song and dance. But the conceit of this chapter, because we need to see the giant, big, dumb anime war arc that's that's happening... And so the way that they that uh, they do it is that Blackjack still has the Perceptotron, the dumb like plot contrivance that allows her to view anybody with a pit buck. So now she's just gonna like watch the battles happening. Uh, this this chapter <sighs> is the main character watching television, basically, which is just real exciting stuff, folks. But uh, Twenty One and Scotch need some alone time to talk about something, so BJ decides to check out with the the, the Perceptotron. Uh, we get a incredibly boring war council section where like Golden Blood is commanding the troops and they're deciding how to attack things and like I just don't care because I don't care about any of these people like none of these characters have ever made me care about them and like also this is so much wanking about like specifically making up shit for what happened after the original story because like Velvet Remedy's there and all the Alicorns are there and it's like 
it this scene just kind of exists to be like, well, this is what they were doing after Little Pip did her big thing, which is super cool and not dumb, obviously. They're being immediately helpful to Myosi, who's the new protagonist of the entire setting. In fact, she always was secretly, you just didn't know it. I, I, I don't even want to, like, dignify uh, Velvet Remedy and Calamity's inclusion in the story because they're so incredibly un like what was the word i'm looking for like uncharacteristic like they're just off model yeah super off model uh like there's a scene slightly later after this it's through the perspective of calamity and velvet remedy and like for some reason calamity is like a pure like muscle bound jarhead in this which like is really against his character uh where he's like mocking his younger brother for being too invested in technology Calamity's cutie mark is a fucking hammer because he's an engineer. You dumb idiot. That's weird. Calamity's special talent is engineering. And you just made him a generic soldier. It's super weird. I'll be sure to be angry about that when we do <laughs> series two and yeah. I have to read the original story. Yeah, uh, it's so we just let me just keep a keep a keep a note. I just carve that onto my heart to be angry about later. <laughs> Uh, that best boy calamity is being done so dirty, but uh, it's very, very cool and dumb and awful. Like, Talking about this with 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 a, with a bud about how like boy uh, is this scene really weird where everyone's just non character like like not the character they're supposed to be and the, the like inclusion of another character that seems to just exist to be another dumb self insert for some reason and like none of this matters and I don't even really want to cover it, but it's just it's just wiping its ass with the original story again in a way that's like i'm just sort of tired of then when bj gets out of her like brainotron 21 raises some pretty significant death flags by him going like well if anything is to happen to me i want you to take care of scotch for me uh if i die and blackjack gets really mad at him which like kind of agree with honestly like i get that 21's trying to be pragmatic in the scene but like i would be furious too if like your, uh, your response. Yeah, shut the fuck up. This is this is a suicide mission for everybody. There's no guarantees. Any of us are walking out of here. What sort of idiot are you to think that I wouldn't do that by default? <laughs> shut the fuck up with your doom talk on the middle of our doomed our, mission. Our big suicide well, mission, I also like. meant too specifically, like they're literally in the midst of grieving over glory again, and him being like, "Well, if anything's going to happen to me, like I'm just going to re- like it's just I don't know. It's it's." It, piling trauma on trauma is kind of this story's entire shtick, but like in this particular scene, I would just got really mad about it. Uh, I guess for Blackjack's sake, if that makes any sense. Like, I think she's justified yeah. in being angry at him for like being like, well, I know that you're like someone you love just died, but like, what if I also died? Can I just put more responsibility and burden onto you? Okay, thanks. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if 21 was, like, a suave um, rogue-ish type? You know, this the sort who could, like, pick locks and, like, lay traps and professionally, like, a, a seducer and, like, got his information in, uh, in in slavery of the outside world through, like, chicanery and would know better? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cool if he was, like, uh, that'd, that'd be neat uh, if, if he did anything that would be suggested by his background? Even a little bit. Yeah, that'd be cool. But, uh, oh man, I don't like the rest of anything that's about to happen, what I'm about to say. Uh, but, uh, we also get a weird, stupid thing where, like, they, like, notice that, like, we notice that his cutie mark is flaking off. Because apparently the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, exposure to, to cold bath, like, 
like the, the the liquid nitrogen uh is uh this is super backfill that like uh at some point that's introduced that the idea that like 21's cutie mark is like underneath a magic sticker basically uh that he can't remove and uh so like his his because this cutie mark uh, for those that are keeping uh 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 notes at home is like the like male Mars symbol, and then, like, a number of dots to indicate his age. Like, it calls in a lot of questions of, like, why would they even have these magic stickers? Why would they use them for this? All that stuff, but whatever. It's 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 dumb fascist ephemera. But it it's one of those things where, like, also, like, why do we care what his dumb cutie mark is? But I guess because, like, the story, like, remembers that cutie marks are supposed to be, like, your special talent in I, Gen 4. I mean, in... So, like... It would make sense if the the, the the existence of the sticker, that particular technology, would make perfect sense if um, there was any serious exploration of how bad the the, the good times were. That like it, it it sounds like something that you would definitely like have invented uh, for the purpose of of uh, humiliating uh, and depersonalizing slaves. Mm-hmm. See, I also could have. Uh, I, I also could have took it as like the police state element of like hiding your badge number uh, equivalent by just sticking like a yeah, cop symbol. It would symbol. also be useful for espionage. Like, yeah. Uh, you have a fake cutie mark to... to I mean, a, a cutie mark... Your one's rumper sticker is an identifying mark, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so hiding identifying marks for either uh, the purposes of espionage or the humiliation of slaves, which would be relevant to 21. And, like, I would certainly care if I cared about 21. Yeah. <laughs> if, if 21 were a character... Um, who had identifiable personality traits and, like, we were following his, like, personal growth throughout this entire five-book story! Uh, surely I would, surely you would care a lot. Like, it'd be a, be, be a big deal. A better author yeah. might have been leading up to this for a while, and it might have some direct symbolic connection to his, 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 his finding himself as a person. But... No, here here we are in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, coming in on the home stretch, and it was liquid nitrogen that did the trick. Yeah. Um, All right. So anyway. Here, here's when the whole fucking chapter goes south, and I want to quit the podcast. So gird your loins, everyone. Uh, so then uh, Blackjack is sad and grieving, and uh they get scotch to like, like scotch wants to like play with the Perceptron, and she starts like watching all the battles and stuff like that. And, like, so 21 and Blackjack take this grieving opportunity uh, to once again have sex as a way of coping with their traumatic situations, uh, which is deeply healthy. But also just the fact that, like, this is a pretty tiny rocket, and they just had sex next to what is a child's, like, like, Scotch is a baby, and, like... Somber plays pretty fast and loose with what her actually age is supposed to be, but it's, like, definitely under 14, is around where her age is like she's 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 like 14 i'll give i'll give her 13 14 because she's like she gets her cutie mark which is kind of like the age of um like age of majority kind of thing boy does this scene suck uh but it gets much worse as it goes along uh uh them having sex next to uh 21's literal child is that like 21 also assures the audience because there's no reason why black she'd be be telling blackjack this that he is totally, absolutely, for realsies gay. Don't worry about it. He still just likes men. It's just Blackjack is a specific loophole in his sexuality, which is, like, always, like, a really bad thing that a lot of, like, 
straight people seem to think that like is like a super common thing with uh, queer people is the idea of like well it's, it's it is in fact super rare <laughs> well like you get you get you can get both like there are people who are who are like who definitely do consider themselves queer even though they fucked a bunch of people that would like theoretically take them off that list even though that doesn't really make any sense I think my big issue with it is that, like again this isn't a person this is a character in a story. And that, like, why why are we being told this, I think, is really just to assuage us that, like, oh, no, he's not, he, he never stopped being queer. He just, like, never fucks a dude ever again in the story, even once. He never even uh-huh. hits on a guy, and we're reassured the reason why that is is because he's just really awkward around men. And therefore, we never, ever see him ever hit on another guy after sleeping with uh-huh. Blackjack. Um, uh-huh. it, it's very much a Dumbledore is gay kind of thing. Uh, where you don't really get you don't get credit for like telling us a character is queer when they are demonstrably not or like they just fail to not even uh... Uh, also this just this this, this this he's also here to assure us that oh no this isn't this isn't because we love each other this is sex therapy because you're sad and the only thing that makes you happy anymore is sex which in itself is already pretty troubling but also like this is just a lie these characters, like, before the end of the story, do profess their love for each other. So, like, this scene is completely irrelevant to me. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of examples of, like, there are some 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 weird queer relationships. Like, the, the um, uh, I guess, early recommendation, there's, uh, there's a comic that I haven't followed very closely uh, called Ojoy oh uh, Sex Toy. Oh, that's not a good comic to recommend. It has a lot of really... Pretty decent for a while. It has a lot of really bad opinions about uh, sexuality, so it, I wouldn't recommend it if I were you. But anyways, your, your, your point still is valid, and just saying, like, don't don't endorse it <laughs> in the broad sense. Um, well, anyway, uh, the... the I mean, the premise is that it's, a, it's an autobiographical comic of, of a, uh, a queer... Uh, of the creator, of, mm-hmm. of the illustrator, um, that tries to, like provide it's it's sort of a um edutational in its in its goals um and the the author uh is 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 a lesbian um but she has a uh a male partner who like is basically unique in her life like the the chemistry was just very specific uh but otherwise they they both talk about girls together (laughs) like Mm-hmm. And they're swingers, but now I'm starting to now now we're clo- like now that I've said that aloud, I've realized a terrifying terrifying factoid here in that um he is a slave and she is his owner. Yeah, <laughs> like, that like maybe maybe the like closeness that he feels with her probably almost certainly very definitely has an incredibly terrifyingly toxic uh, root. Yes, um in that like. They have this like poisonous like prior relationship with each other. They have like it might just be that he's falling back on like the comforts yeah. of yeah of, of of a programming, uh, which is the same reason why I was disgusted like way back when this like officially started between them. I think it's another one of those things where because it's utterly unexamined within their relationship, it's hard not to like see the implications for what they are. Uh, whether the intent was different or not, like whether whether the intent is supposed to be like no, they actually just love each other and it's like a really unique relationship. It's like, but the problem is is that like because there's no examination of the fact that like twenty one used to be owned by the kind of person Blackjack is and literally did do to him, and like he was traumatized for literally years of his life 
to be groomed into being a domestic sex toy. It's That ha- carries a lot of baggage into the relationship, and it, since it goes completely unexamined, it just it's hard not to just see that for what it is. And like, boy, this is even the part that makes me want to quit the podcast, by the way. Okay, let's hit, hit me with that. All right, um, so uh, uh, Scott comes out of the uh, Percepto simula- simulation, notices the entire rocket now smell like reeks of sex. And is like, which like this whole scene is meant to be like weird tension alleviating comedy, but for me it was nail bite, nail biting nightmare. Like, um, yeah, because Scotch, like Scotch, Scotch's character, like or or what little we've seen of it is that she's incredibly nonchalant about like sex because she's like even more unexamined than Blackjack is when it comes to her like the way Stable Ninety Nine was. So there is a really awful uh, conversation where they talk about like Scotch's uh, uh, t- like Scotch is like lamenting the fact that they get to have sex and that like really bums her out because she also wants to have sex and um, she's like, well, I can't with with Blackjack because she's basically like my mom. Um, but we are we are let we are assured that even it, that. that it is only because she feels a familial bond with her, but we are assured that Blackjack is definitely super fuckable, which is one of those things that really bothers me that it keeps getting pointed out that, yes, Blackjack is very, very attractive. <laughs> Don't you worry, guys. <sighs> but uh, uh, anyways, uh, in a bizarre moment of 21 uh, teasing Scotch, which has all of the nightmare subtext that like is, again, unstated, is is... 21 describing the like taste of pussy of various members of stable 99 uh as as a way of like messing with his own daughter uh because you know getting the idea in her head makes her freak out this is a scene so abhorrent and awful and unpleasant that like you'd think that this would be the worst thing that happens with scotch involved but we still have the pedal rocket to get to okay and I'm going to move on from this scene now because, like, literally my notes just say, like, they talk about pussy for a while and I died. And uh, uh, move over ice bucket challenge. Yep. <laughs> but uh, thank God, like, if he ooh, if he had directly propositioned her, I think I, I think I think I would have stopped the recording. Oh, yeah. Like, def. Think- no, this 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 recording would be over if that was the case. Uh, this would be this would be the last episode of, of fanfic fanfic. That was pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. Uh, that was, uh, that was that was uh, a recreational sticking a hand on a hot stove. Uh, like that's two K challenge. Yeah. They uh, so anyways, I'm gonna move on. Uh, they spy on the Reapers for a while. And this scene, I'm I'm gonna cut a lot of the scene because the scene is is just dumb fighting. This is a very very long scene where we get to see a bunch of the like new newly instated Reapers uh, uh, being like. Which were mostly those like fun nerds that hung out with Blackjack for a while, the weird like B team, um, like Candlewick and Dazzle and uh, Bluebell and stuff like that, uh, are all fighting, um, all fighting uh, uh, hordes of zebras. And like this is one of those things. Like I like, I, it, it's really like really really struck me like how how like I hate how much I hate this scene because it, it's it's such a failure of the writing to have a bunch of like named characters fighting endless waves of meaningless ninjas basically like 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 meaningless faceless new, like uh, mooks that are just exist to be cut down 
is like not really particularly exciting um, because there's we have no stakes in like how they're going to lose. Like if they lose, it just feels cheap because they got beaten by jobbers. But if they win, they just killed a bunch of more jobbers. Like it's 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 nothing. It has it has it affects the story in no way. And we're also supposed to care about the fact that like there's a conflict. Like Candlewick, it's it's mostly centered around Candlewick, who has a conflict that his like his loyalty to his faction and his like blood blood brother, who is like who's Toaster, the leader of the of the of the Burner Boys. And the fact that he has a growing affection towards uh, a girl named Dazzle, uh, who is one of the Flash fillies. And, like, I would be super here for it, because uh, I'm super into gooey romance shit like this. Um, except for the fact that all these characters are awful, and I don't care. Uh, specifically, I hate Toaster. Like, I, like, I've talked about this before. I love Toaster because Toaster is honest. Like, he just says the quiet parts loud. He just talks about how much he thinks women are bitches and they're all trying to backstab you and betray you. So he just feels like he's just always saying what the author actually feels to me. So I respect that honesty, I guess. But like, I don't care about this last second lover's tryst between a bunch of characters that have had maybe two scenes in total. But regardless, Toaster shows off why he's called Toaster. He, uh, he's some sort of like unburnable ghoul, I think is what he is, that has like fire eyes. But, like, he also wears an armor made of toasters that, like, are rigged to burst into flames. So he just turns into a giant fireball whenever he fights things. Which, I mean, admittedly, is at least a kind of bit of stupid, unique nonsense that I appreciate uh, in terms of an attack uh, uh, ability. Uh, In a series... Can't be caught by ninjas. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, He's just too on fire for that shit. That's at least fun. And also this other thing that happens. So, like... If I cared about Big Daddy at all, this scene would actually be kind of effective. Like, it's it's got the skeleton of an effective scene where, like, you know, the 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 older generation, like uh, like old man who's 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 like an experienced combatant, but he's getting on in years, like looks at his like army of of fighters and 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 uh, murderers, and like looks on sadly at the like this is the next generation, and I have to pass the torch on. Like, I would almost be affected by this, except for the fact that, like, Big, da- Big Daddy is just the worst. <laughs> like, everybody's the worst here, so I don't care. Yeah, he is, he's an awful warlord who, like, has lived forever and will live forever. Like, he is he is also a lich, and, like, so this is an entirely new turn for the character that doesn't make sense based on previous context. But, sure. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so uh, he... Uh, uh, he like looks at his people. He talks. He makes a big, inspiring speech that like has really worrying connotations because apparently the Reapers' like catchphrase is "We reap uh, from the weak," and that's like a really like bad, fashy line. But we don't have time to go into that. Uh, so instead, um, Big Daddy pulls out a mysterious vial of dark zebra magic potion. Uh, and and for listeners at home, <coughs> uh, zebra potions. Uh, are usually like single use spells for the most part, uh, and usually like the, they're usually a little bit more powerful because they require really potent material to make in the first place. So he drinks he drinks a potion uh, uh, and starts. <laughs> I like this. This makes me lose my mind when I think about it. Like so, like a bunch of zebras roll up and a tank rolls up, and there's like there's no there's no no hope in sight as they're, they're starting to be overwhelmed by the hordes of zebras. Big Daddy walks into the fight glowing with energy. 
after drinking this potion. Super Saiyan air raid siren. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, all the rock, the little I rocks. I have risen above and become a legend. He's got glowing hair and a glowing mustache now. And then he leaps into the air and does a rider kick into a tank and it explodes. <laughs> uh, fucking losing it just thinking Um, and then like you know, this ex- big explosion now, happened. Now, I, now I'm hearing the uh, the Super Mario like invincibility star thing. <laughs> Oh, good. Uh, so he flashes iridi- as he flashes iridescent colors and, and just yeah, yeah. See, I was just thinking about specifically like the the, the sound effect of like when it, someone leaps into the air for a rider kick and does like the, the triple cut. Um, but he kicks a tank and it explodes, and he like looks on to his to his people and they're like, "Yeah, we did it!" And then he disappears into a poof of dust, which would be a noble and heroic sacrifice if. We didn't, like, if we cared about this character at all uh, in the first place, and that, like, this- His last words are, are, are that of a supervillain, like that of the, the head of, <laughs> of, of a force of darkness that must be loathed and destroyed. Like, <laughs> like honestly, if it was a little bit more, like, leaned into, I would love it. That, like, the idea of, like, a major villain of the story be, like- Keep being evil, kids, and then blows up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I entrust the heart of evil to the next generation. Money <laughs> uh, <laughs> blows up, saving everyone. Uh, <laughs> you are right. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Uh, like just a few degrees more, and it would be amazing. Like yes, just, just lean a little harder. God, uh, they spy on the Steel Rangers for a while, which like could almost again could almost be interesting. Except it's really, really just centered on like Psalm, a character I don't care about and hate personally uh, because she she's the worst kind of storytelling. Which is like, oh, whoops, we killed off one of our main characters. Oh well. Here she is again. She has all of her memories, but she's just named different. She has no impact on the story. It sucks. <sighs> Man, the bard I was playing, uh, 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 Bortok the, the, the bard, is, is dead. Well, here's his twin brother, Gortok. And, uh, yeah, he, and he's, 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 just, he's exactly the same. And it's just it's about him, her and her relationship with, like, uh, Paladin uh, Sugar Apple Bombs the full metal alchemist character xp and like i don't know it's just it's just like one last send-off of these dumb steel rangers and having stupid british dumb uh affectations is really comical uh which is very cool and not stupid uh then scotch is watching uh boo their which like i actually had forgotten that they're that they didn't bring their dog with them um for some reason i thought she was just on like because she makes so little of an impression i thought she was just here too but boo apparently is just there with the ground forces and she like warns blackjack to not use the perceptron on cognitum for some reason uh because it would be dangerous and they don't know why which like we know that she can like like the thing is, is that in a previous scene it's established that cognitum can just she can see through the the like 
like she can like back through the the perceptron and see through it uh, and see whoever's viewing her with it. Like we see, we know this, and Blackjack knows this. So like, I don't know. I don't understand why she. And also, why would it matter? She would get a a view inside of the the the, the space rocket. She knows is coming. She couldn't not know is is on its way. Aha! I found you, my enemies, precisely where I left you the last time that I like. Exactly where I was expecting to find you. Mwahaha. This uh this this will this will turn the ties. Uh Xanthe and the heist crew are next on being shown because we have to see because that's the thing about this, is that this isn't it this is so that we can tie up every goddamn loose thread of every other character. And admittedly it, admittedly, uh Xanthe and the Heist crew are kind of fun to watch because like Unlike the main, like, Blackjack's crew or, like, a lot of the other characters, these characters got a lot of build-up before they actually did anything, because it took, it actually took a couple of chapters before they got to the point where they did the heist, so we kind of got to know some of these chumps. Seeing them, like, and and seeing them, like, do stuff is kind of fun, because it's fun to just kind of see what happened. Because, like, the last thing we heard about them is that they had, like, Xanthe and her and them went on and just became, like, actual heroes, like, the last thing we ever hear of them is that, like, the slaver camp, the camp that Blackjack never dealt with, was like murdered by them. So clearly, they're doing a better job than Blackjack is. The the scene isn't terribly exciting for the similar reasons I mentioned before. They're fighting a lot of like faceless mooks, except like some of them can start talking now, and that's supposed to be a big deal that the brood can speak because they're adapting, which doesn't mean anything and doesn't matter, and nothing comes of it. Uh, it just means that they're getting smarter, so it's harder to like. But yeah, her and the crew uh, fight for a while. We get to see um, uh, Snail do some uh, fun necromancy, which I thought was neat, uh, given that he's a necromancer. Like, given that he is a necromancer, but he only ever does, like, one necromatic magic thing. Him, like, raising up a bunch of zombies and shit like that is actually pretty fun to just be like, nah, fuck it, the world's over, so we might as well just have weird zombies. And, uh... The only other thing about that is that there's a weird budding relationship between, like, the glowing ghoul they met all the way at the very beginning, Silver Spoon, and Carrion, which was the, like, griffin um, that they met at one point. And, like, I don't know. Personally, I'm all for interspecies relationships and stories, so. Isn't she poisoning everybody that she's, like... Oh, most of them are... Most of them in the group are ghouls, so they don't care. Okay. Um, Silver Spoon and Carrion are ghouls. Xanthe has a suit on that's making a resistant radiation, and because uh, the stealth suit just does that. And uh, Snails is a lich, so they're actually the perfect friends for her. And again, I support them. Um, oh, that's nice. At least somebody's getting a happy ending out of this. But uh, yeah, cool, cool. And then, because uh, like, this really is just how this chapter plays out. It's just Blackjack just grieving glory crying over glory, insisting glory isn't dead, and then just basically just watching TV while they're on a rocket. He didn't think they'd make an entire chapter about being on the rocket, but uh, here we are. So Blackjack then musters up the courage to go watch Cogatim, and like, it goes badly, obviously. Like, there, we, we do get uh, a couple of things. First of all, the rocket they're in is just much nicer, which I think is just kind of funny. Like, it's funny and petty that the villain, of course, has the nicer rocket. Uh, but the other big detail is that, like, we can hear voices of other people that are on the ship, which we thought Cognitum just went with her alone, because we're getting mini-bosses! Because Sombra realized that uh, just fighting Cognitum would be really boring and short. 
so we're getting some last minute uh, Metal Gear Solid style mini bosses. I mean, there there could have been stuff on the moon. Oh yes, there could have been. Um, like the the setting is rife with immortals, like chock a block with with with. Uh, with entities that, like, have existed uh, since the war. In fact, at this point, it seems like over half the cast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, like, you could have... Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Who cares what could have happened? There's a dumb dumb kind of fun interplay where, like, Conatim, because she now has Princess Luna's soul in it, just refers to herself as Luna uh, when she's yelling at Blackjack. But Blackjack keeps just, like picking at her by just, like, ref- refusing to refer to her. And, like, Conatim's a bad villain because she is this petty, but it's kind of funny to have, like, it's like, no, my, I am Princess Luna, the regal uh, uh, empress of the universe. Alright, uh, nice knowing you, dipshit. And I'm not dipshit. Oh, yeah, sure, dipshit. Is is at least kind of funny and, like, more, again, the kind of thing I wish I've I done this at least once in, a, in, in, in an RPG in the tabletop. <laughs> Um, the GM, like, drop the, drop the, yeah, uh, I am the great, I am the great despair, sure thing, uh, sure thing, great, uh, oh, wait, no, it was, it was because, uh, we, we, uh, it was a lich whose, whose name ought not be spoken, uh, and, and all the NPCs reverently referred to him as the lich, um, and I can't remember the, the funny nickname, the, like, uh, oh, well. uh, bitch face or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and very quickly, I, I I got the rest of the party to to henceforth refer to the the great big bad, the unnameable evil, as as simply bitch face. Hey, bitch face. Good to see you again. <laughs> but yeah, uh, basically they argue about dumb shit, and like it, it just comes down to the it comes down to a very fundamentally stupid argument that Blackjack is insisting that the Tokamara, as as the, it's come to known, is the Eater of Souls. And she's like, no, it's just machinery. It can't be an evil god, which is a stupid thing for someone with Princess Luna's memories to think. But whatever. Given that she's like canonically interact with a bunch of evil gods within the show's setting, but whatever, including Discord. She, uh, Blackjack's like, well, it talked to me. It's evil. And, and you know, it's supposed to be a thing of like, well, she, well, it never talked to me. So why would I believe you? Because, you know, it didn't have no reason to talk to her. So why would it care? Obviously. But like, God, it's just a dumb, it's such a dumb thing. It's, it's so stupid that it, that Kali is already not even a, like, she's just incompetent. Like, she's not, she's not evil. She's just an idiot. Like, her plan won't work. We know this for sure. There is no, there is no possibility of it ever succeeding. So we know that she has to be stopped. Otherwise, the world ends. So it really just sucks the tension out of any of this sequence. It's just going through the motions till we get to the point where she's defeated now at this point so that we can deal with the real true antagonist, the Eater of Souls, and of course the Legate, who are always the real bad guys. Uh, but she shorts out the Perceptichon, which I think damages it irreparably and fucks up Blackjack's brain. Um, I think. I, I just I don't remember if they... I, I honestly don't remember if they use the Perceptitron ever again, and I think this is why it happens. Alright. So at least we don't get to have, don't have to see any more TV scenes, maybe. Uh, so in spite of knowing better in the first place, already being aware of Cognitum's power over the uh, the the link, being uh, warned again um, by um, 
Discord's uh, pony sona that hey, I, I can I can see you seeing me. Uh, by the way, um, don't do um, the thing. Your, yes. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't do this with, with your 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 main villain. Um, they're uh, they're gonna hurt you um, in ways that you're already familiar with, uh, pretty much. Then uh, she does it, um, and we're introduced to a category of mini bosses who like. I presume none of them have ever been seen before. Like, uh, even like, um, yes, they have never been seen before. We're actually gonna okay. So, so, so we only get two new ones, but one of them I'm gonna have a lot to say about. Great, um, because they're very something. Uh, um, um, we're gonna have a lot to say about the bastard. But anyways, the chapter ends with them landing on the moon on like a moon pad. Uh, onto a moon base that has like a clear directions of either lunar castle or moon stable, uh, but they can't do any of that yet because uh, Rampage is there, and she's like, admittedly, this scene is 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 worse for me because of her very specific reading of Rampage. Her being like, "Hi, hi, guys, uh, how's it going? Uh, shame I have to kill you now." It feels very in line with our particular reading of Rampage. Welcome to die. Hey. Hey, what's with the glum phases? You should be thanking me. They were talking about bombing the platform or, you know, just anything that would make sense. But I convinced them to let me just kill you personally. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's how we end our chapter is with uh, Rampage being the next boss fight. Whatever. Guess, finally. Yeah. Stay tuned. Fucking uh, paint me surprised if, like, suddenly she's allowed to be a meaningful, like, combatant like net like it's it's one of those things where like yeah um a pc leaves the party in a jrpg and suddenly they have and they become stronger well it's it is because they're a villain now they get all that vil- villain strength evil just makes you stronger mm-hmm. don't you know that why would anyone be evil if it didn't make you stronger yeah that sucks um this chapter sucks and i hate it i hate everything coming yeah. forward is there anything better we could uh, be doing uh I suppose I don't know. Um, I don't even have any like new video games I've been playing really. Well, I'd recommend. What's that sound? Jingles! It's it's the helpful male robot with a jingly ro- noise, but we made for fun. Um, I don't know. It's much funnier to imagine Jingles as a robot who is like a tiny trash can that dispenses mail, or is like a terrifying tank robot. um Um, i i i think it's rude over in a a radio program to 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 subvert uh people's mental image that much like it's like uh like because (laughs) the only thing that's known about jingles is he produces a tiny jingling sound when he when he brings our mail (laughs) um um but yeah uh i guess i should field this one since technically this letter came to me um so uh, a couple of days ago, I got a letter uh, through my Fur Affinity account because I have a Fur Affinity account because I'm a porn artist. Uh, those things just kind of go hand in hand. And I was handed a letter uh, by a person who chooses to re- remain anonymous, and we're going to respect that anonymity. Uh, so we will just call them uh, full name withheld uh, for the time being. Uh, so uh, 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 full name withheld says, uh, we're going to paraphrase a lot of this because this is a very long letter, and we just simply don't have time to like go uh, by by point by point, 
but anyways, hi there. Uh, please beg the part on the Ow the Edge username. It's left over from my teenage years. Love your art, especially the Bimbonies. I'm kind of tempted to write a story involving them in some way, provided you're okay with that. Um, if you don't know what a Bimboni is, don't worry about it. Um, uh, I've discovered your fanfic fanfic podcast, and I've kept seeing you plug it on your Twitter feed. Initially, I was really turned off since over the years I've come to realize that one is lucky to find a person who has both read Project Horizons and happens to be have the same perspective on it, let alone devoting a podcast to express such an opinion. This means that once I finally gave a listen, I was very presently surprised to find that your podcast uh, is anything but hours of heaping uh, mindless praise on it. But in fact, the opposite. Kudos to both of you for jumping on that grenade for all of us. So this is where we go into a lot more of the, the detail. Both me and, and, and Weird have, have read it. Uh, we just don't have time Five to go into the full yeah. depth of the letter. It's it's very long. That they have a lot of points. Uh, I would I would I would sum it uh, like the thing the the, the TLDR of this. Uh, if you just want to like skip to the end of the podcast, is that like we both feel that like the pot like that most of your concerns, uh, full name withheld, uh, are addressed in the show. Like <laughs> yeah, just by listening to more of the show. The, the the sum total of at least part one of their letter uh, really relies on the idea of whether or not whether or not. Uh, all of the misogynistic reading that we take from the work is like genuine or not? He he's, he seems to question whether it's 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 just depicting mis- yeah, awful characters uh, with their awful opinions, uh, uh, saying and doing awful things, as opposed to like the author believing uh, uh, awful things, um, and and expressing that through their characters, um, and. So I'm sure, sure most people on the internet by now in this day and age have heard of Occam's Razor. Um, and it's basically, Occam's Razor is basically a um, poo-pooing of uh, what basically amounts to conspiracy theory logic. Um, uh, Occam's Razor uh, states that... Uh, the simplest answer well, is... The, the proposal correct. that uh, assumes the fewest additional agents uh, is, 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 yeah. is, is, is the most correct. Um uh, there's a thund- there's there was a thunderstorm last night. Uh, when you wake up, uh, one of the, the the limbs on your tree has fallen off and it appears to have scorch marks. Uh, now, one could hypothesize this is because it was struck by lightning, which would explain the hugely house rattling loud thunder you heard last night and the flash of light. That Serbian agents last night broke came into your yard. <laughs> Uh, with 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 torches and and uh, um, uh, and and uh, and and a boombox capable of generating multiple decibels of um, so like the the simple yeah again the simplest answer that requires the fewest assumptions is is most often the most correct and um, Somber's early chapters were practically illegible. Like it's very, it's very clear that yes. he was new to writing in general. So the presumption that Somber is like performing some sort of Kafkaesque on... prank um, is is really unlikely. But also, just in general, when, when we talk about like readings of a work and we talk about the idea of subtext and intent, one of the really important factors to always keep in mind when you're trying to suss out what the like intent of an author is when they don't outright state it, even though Somber has outright stated the intent of a lot of this work, um, which I'll get to in a second. Who's saying what and what is their response to it? Because one of the biggest issues with a lot of the early pieces of the work, when the when when one of the char- when one of the characters is an out and out uh, deeply uh, uh, deeply prolific misogynist, 
when no character can provide a like critical example contrawise to their opinions in any way, that usually sends off some warning cells, uh, uh, warning bells in my brain. And it's also important to remember that regardless of the intent, we say this in at least a couple of chapters, regardless of Somber's intent, because you could very easily read the early chapters as 21 is meant to come across as a kind of like bizarre world feminist. I, I think I literally used this term before, where, you know, we're the topsy-turvy world where women are in power and men aren't. But the problem is, is that this is also kind of bullshit argumentation that these kind of people use anyways to say that, well, if, if women were in the, in the position of power, it would be identically the same, uh, implying that feminism's end goal is just a reversal of uh, fortune and not a like egalitarian, equal, like equality based response. Which I think I'm literally like verbatim quoting. Yeah, it's just to, the, it, it, it insists um, that um, uh, progressive and uh, 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 minority rights campaigns are merely about trying to rearrange the pyramid. In the immortal words of Drill, there are no differences between good things and bad things. Uh, you idiot, you absolute fool. So I don't know, I just, I kind of reject the premise out of hand that like, Somber is either like a master uh, uh, author who is like playing four-dimensional chess. That it would matter if he was, because even if he was, he's still projecting a character who is shitting on women constantly and getting away from it. And within the and like it, within the context of the story, he's never brought to task about it. And that's still yeah, he never bad. like grows from it, like grows from that point. Like that, that's that's the, the the two main things I would say that that go against the premise that that Somber is is expressing opinions that are not his, that that, that are not in turn that he doesn't believe are uh, one. Um, none of these characters are um, grow out of these opinions. None of these characters like have any sort of an arc. They start this way and they end this way, more or less. Um, mm-hmm. like they, at no point do they like come to terms with having been wrong. And two, there's no audience or author surrogate to like respond to them in any way, uh, even internally. So like, I think, I think the best example I can come up with is always sunny in Philadelphia, like always sunny in Philadelphia is features a cast of monsters, like awful, awful, uh, stupid, evil people. I don't think. Like, anybody has ever, uh, in any spirit of honesty, <laughs> accused the authors of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia of, of, of agreeing in any way with their, 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 their cast opinions. Because they're always destroyed in the end. For, for the, like, they're, they're always yes. punished. There's always, like, an everyman uh, in the room uh, to be terrified and disgusted. Uh, they, like, they are framed as wrong. <laughs> And, and also to go into part two of this too, is that even like, and, and one of the, one of the big argumentations about this is that uh, they feel it doesn't, it isn't necessarily supported in the text. The problem is, uh, is that, uh, or there isn't a clear, like they feel there isn't a clear enough uh, 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 admission of this by the author. But the problem is, is that there is though, there is a smoking gun of somber actively admitting their feelings about the original story and how they feel it would have gone down. And that a lot of the things that happen in his story are eerily similar to that opinion. Because uh, he specifically at one point, or I guess they, uh, they specifically um, uh, um, brought up at one point that they felt that the original story wasn't complete unless uh, Little Pip got violently raped. 
because it would show the atrocities of the apocalypse and show and it would give her character depth and growth, which is such a chuddy, awful, shitty opinion to have that there is no like there in my mind, there is no possible way 21 is meant to come across as as meant to come across as someone who isn't utterly right in hating women and that this isn't a this isn't a complex disavowal, but just an omission of their actual feeling. But anyways, uh, part two of this letter uh, really comes down to arguing uh, the idea. I don't know. It's kind of a weird opinion, but basically that like none of this matters because KCAT did it worse and that everything Somber did is just a symptom of KCAT's bad writing, which like, first of all, I don't agree with. Like, I, I still really like Fallout Equestria, even for a lot of its fo- foibles. And like, it has many and I, and well, I can get into them. But like one of the, I think one of the weirdest arguments about this particular letter is the idea that like the original story, the original followed is satire, and that somehow FOE isn't, and therefore it's bad in comparison. Um, and specifically, the, it framed around the idea that like the Enclave are meant to be taken seriously and meant to be taken as like understandable in their atrocities, when like. I don't know. I don't. I don't really understand how you could take that specific reading because, like, the Enclave. Uh, everything we ever shown to the Enclave is they're a bunch of like xenophobic militant cowards, and like I don't understand how you could possibly read that as being like sympathetically gleaned. But I mean, whatever. Like, it's. I'm not. This isn't a witch hunt. Like, this isn't a putting you on trial. I'm just saying. Like, I don't understand how that. So, so I've, I've got two things uh, on on the back half of this letter. Um, one. Uh, as you'll discover um, toward the end, like here in book five, uh, we we finally hit a hit upon, or was it at the end of book four? It finally occurred to us um, that this entire project, Fallout, uh, so, so um, um, Project Horizons, is basically a massive act of vandalism. Like it doesn't matter what KCAT was doing. This, what we're reading now, is Somber's vision of a better version of that. Like, like everything Somber is doing is is his uh, improvement <laughs> upon that work. So I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, like, I have I may I remind you have never read the original work. Um, I will be condemned. Uh-huh. For that. Uh, but for the time being, I, I think you'll enjoy. I have it never read the original work. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> it does not factor yeah. into this. Weird has no skin in the game. Um, all that matters is what Somber saw in it, and what Somber translated into his vision of the improved work. Uh, his uh, uh, Somber's director's cut of K Cat's vision. So yeah, I, yeah, that 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 sort of falls flat on its face. Um, and the, the other thing is like this weird cog, there's, there's, there's a couple, like the part two of, of, of my statement is a we- there's a weird cognitive distance going on here in that, like at the beginning of this second part of your, of your letter, you, um, sort of suggest that, Hey, like maybe you're not giving somber enough credit. Maybe, maybe the, the mega mark was intentional satire. Like maybe all of these, all of these horrible things that the characters do and say are, are just a joke, bro. Like, like, don't, you know, may, maybe you're taking it too seriously. It's just a joke, bro. And then we come to the Sky Nazi part. And, uh, but like, oh, well, like, maybe you're not taking it seriously enough that like, or, or that, that, uh, that Sombra was like, this is just a sincere, uh, uh sympathetic depiction of, of Sky Nazis. 
you realize that it's different. Like, it, it seems weird to me that you hold these two thoughts at the same time. And the other thing that I just want to address just in general, like, we haven't talked about it enough on the pod, I don't think. It, I, I'm, I'm sure it, I vaguely remember it came up fairly early, but um, it's just a joke bro-itis. Like, um, hey, here's a satirical work. It has comedic elements. Therefore, you can't take any part of it seriously. Like, no, no, no part of this can have any emotional re- uh, 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 resonance. Um, it, it, it can't uh, be examined on any level. That's not how jokes work. Um, and then, and moreover, that's not how, like, comedies work. Like, like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is super uh, wacky. Like, like deeply wacky to its bones. Um, uh, but it has parts that, like, stir, uh, like longing and um mourning and um uh, there's exciting parts in there you know um uh sad parts and um uh creepy parts um are you are you prepared to tell me that um uh a disc world <laughs> is is completely without uh uh meaningful commentary or or uh uh uh, characters that are meant to have emotional uh resonance beyond silly silly man you make me laugh uh Um, i I think we're going a little bit um, anyway um yeah i i don't know um contemplate that (laughs) i ask you dear 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 Uh, listener obviously Um, like we don't we don't mean to drag you dude we're we're mostly just bringing this up as like, I, I think a lot of your views are very simple, symptomatic of a lot of the same views that a lot of people who have gotten into this have. Like it's, I don't know. It, I think it's kind of weird personally, the idea of like, that this is kind of being used to drag KCAT, like whatever KCAT has, like KCAT's writings has problems. FOE has problems. Like FOE has a bunch of problems with how it tries to handle racism, how it tries to do the allegory of racism. Um, it does, has a lot of issues with the way that it t- tries to tell stories. There are elements that it kind of come across as a little too edgy for its own good. Um, not all the characters are written perfectly, and there are issues with the main character who dips into kind of some nonsense. But like, I don't know. I, there's there's also like a very like weird thing at the very bottom, like bottom of this uh, thing that I want. Like, I'm not I'm not even really addressing you specifically. I'm addressing the concept of like Fermian arguments in general, and how like the idea that like the idea that like this doesn't make sense, and therefore we should just reject that out of hand is one of those things I've never really like understood about fiction. Like fiction kind of requires a buy-in, right? Like you can say that like, well, it doesn't work for me, but saying something doesn't really make sense is always one of those things. Like I find personally strange as an argument to make about, about settings. Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense because it's not a one for one recreation of life. Like it's a lot of elements are written just for things to happen. It's, it's not, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things that always really sticks with me. It's like, it's, it's, it's like no shit. It doesn't naturally conform with the way that this the original, like original was written. It's a piece of fan fiction that was like an, that has an intent to try and write its own kind of thing to it. Like I don't know. Like my very specific uh, opinion about Follow Equestria is that Follow Equestria is like in its own. And this is going to be really pretentious bullshit. Like like don't don't get me wrong. This is this is like very pretentious bullshit. Fall Equestria, in my mind, is almost not even a fan fiction. Because it's because it's it is a such a aggressive synthesis of, of the works it's ma- it's meant to synthesize. It is it cannot be judged as merely a like mirror of the in, yeah, it's, it's, it's transformative work. work. Like it's um it, yes. it has its bones in 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 like it's it's taking direct uh, inspiration and reference to uh, source material, 
um, but it's it's its own animal. So just just saying that it's not like the originals really just isn't an argument to me because it's like it isn't obviously it, it can't it's a synthesis. <laughs> the, 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 the two <laughs> like uh, origin points are far too uh, distant for because it's always like a strange thing. To, like to, you know we're we're you know running long and we're we're about to be done though. But like something that's always really stuck to me specifically about Fall Equestria is that Fall Equestria isn't really isn't what you'd immediately assume it to be, which is like, oh, it's just, oh, it's the main characters from from uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, but they're in the world of Fallout. Like, it's just Twilight Sparkle having very similar events to Fallout happening. Like, it isn't that, though, which is kind of impressive in its own right, um, in a bunch of ways. Like, this thing, you don't have to like the work. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Like, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But, like, the thing I'm always very defensive about is the idea that, like, the reason people don't like it is because it fails to be the original is kind of just insulting all of the work. Like, it's insulting the idea of fiction to me. <laughs> the idea that things can't be their own thing because they're not the literal original is, is like, a just a bad argument to me. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's, that's my point. Like I said, we're not, we're not trying to specifically attack you. Like, I think... I think we came along a little, like a level too, a little too personal. Well, this, we're we're, uh, we're pretty writing. spicy, having come 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 off of like having yeah. done a full episode. Like, yeah, uh, uh, we 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 had some vitriol in us. This is kind of why I I thought I failed to express it before we started recording. But I thought I thought that maybe doing this letter at the open of the show might have been a better idea. But yeah, I I think it's fine all, overall. It's it's. I, I guess I, I'm just trying to draw a line where I'm saying, like, yes, obviously I'm defensive of Fall Equestria because I like it, but that doesn't mean, like, I that does I don't think that invalidates the fact that I feel it has merit, and that's that's just in, important to draw the line at. But yeah, otherwise, you can find us at Thou Art Fi, I'm Extremely Not Safe for Work, and I yell about politics sometimes. Uh, you can find Weird at Weirdington yes. is the Twitter handle, yes. Um or if you want to write to us, and specifically if you want to write to us a letter that is for the finale that we'll read on the last one to, 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 to clear up any questions or misunderstandings that, that uh, uh, we had up to this point, where can you write that uh, to? Send Weird? that to weirdingtonesq at gmail.com. And please include the in the uh, uh, subject line, extravaganza! Uh, if you want it to be read in the last episode and not... Well, oh, but there I, uh, there was a, a, a rec that I wanted to uh, put up, which is Max Gentleman's Sexy Business. Uh-huh. Very cute, um, sort of like low-stress uh, tycoon game, uh, but that's all a lie because it's actually um, a, a visual novel um, disguising itself as, as a simple tycoon game. Uh, based on the name, uh, it, is, it, is, it is, is pretty horny, um, but not... That's not its primary goal. I, I'm pretty amused to read the reviews on it on Steam and find that all the negative reviews are one of two things. Um, either, God, this was really easy. Uh, this was this was so too. This was way too easy. And the other is, they didn't actually sex. There are no. Yeah, it's not yeah. horny enough. Not hard enough. Not horny enough. That's 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 the internet for um, you. But it's but, uh, very I, cute. I, and I think we should uh, recommend play it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're just running for time, uh, so so I'm trying to push us out of the man. door. I'm slowly wheel, wheeling getting, weird out getting, the window. Getting, getting mad at, at people generous enough to, to send us feedback. Um, I am actually, I am legitimately running out of stamina on this. Like, I, we can't, 
we can't get to the end fast enough. Fly, this is this yeah, is all same. a terrible mistake. Black lives matter. Uh, uh, all lives cannot matter until black lives do, and black lives cannot matter until trans black lives do. An injury to one is an injury to all, you idiots. Uh, idiots and comrades, respectively. I love you. If it takes them to tear the fascist down